This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a weekly show where we learn what it means to rise above the human condition. We hope the conversation today is just what you need for the week ahead. Yes, friends, welcome back to the Transcend Human Podcast. Great to be with you. Episode 154, March 13th, 2023. Welcome back. Um, Good to have you here. I have some interesting news to start with. So uh, for those of you who follow me on TikTok, you have already heard this news. So this will not be news to you. Um, But for everyone else, if you've been around a while, you know that I don't typically have guests on the podcast. Um, Now, I have done a few episodes with my wife. We're doing a little series on our foster parent journey together. We do that every now and then. Um, I've had my kids on the podcast, but I've never actually had a guest on the podcast, like outside of our our family, nor have I been on anyone else's podcast as a guest. Um, But last year, I think it was, I don't know, toward the end of last year, I listen to a podcast called The Failed Christian Podcast by Joey Papa. And I listen religiously, and toward the end of his season, uh, he just kind of threw it out there that um, he was looking for additional people who might want to come on the the podcast and talk to him about things that they've experienced in their life uh, as a Christian that may be looked at or can be looked at as being failures. So I don't know why, but I reached out and I just said, hey, I'd be interested, you know, if you if you need another person, um, I could join you. And he reached back out pretty quickly and said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to have you on the show. Um, we went back and forth on a number of different topics. And what we landed on was um, addiction. So he basically wanted me to come on and talk about my story with alcohol and how that can be viewed not only by myself personally, but as through the church or people around you can basically be looked at as a failure to be a Christian or to be a good Christian or whatever, whatever you want to call it. So I did that. We, we did our call back in January, I think it was. And so that came out, boy, two or three weeks ago now, um, on the failed Christian podcast. So if you're interested in that, um, I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's um, it's on there. It's up. It's live. Um, I think it was season two, episode seven. Um, so again, check that out if you're interested. Minute of transparency for today. I'm going to call this one, Don't Make Me Change. So how are you with change? If you're like me, change is hard. It's something that brings with it a great deal of stress and anxiety. And when I looked to see what causes this in people, I found numerous articles, but one that seemed to kind of sum it up well was uh, this article by Rosabeth Moss Cantor on the Harvard Business Review. It's 10 reasons that people resist change. Reason number one, loss of control. So basically your need for self-determination is challenged. Uh, Number two, excess uncertainty. So not being able to see clearly what the projected future holds. Number three, surprise, surprise. Um, This whole concept of 
things being thrust upon us that are new or often resisted. Uh, number four, everything seems different. So change often removes or changes rituals or traditions that we've come to rely on. Number five, loss of face. This one's kind of interesting. So it's basically changing can suggest that we were doing something wrong in the past or that we failed in some way. And so that can be a barrier to change. Uh, number six, concerns about competence. So basically questioning yourself about your ability to do the new thing. Number seven, more work. Change is always more work than remaining in the status quo. Uh, number eight, ripple effects. So change is often bigger than we realize, right? There's the initial change, and then there are oftentimes additional changes you have to go through because of the first change. Number nine, past resentments. So the whole concept that the past will try to shame you, basically. Um, there's these old wounds that can make the future difficult to enjoy. And finally, number 10, sometimes the threat is real. So there is, you know, there's this whole thing where change can be painful and people can get hurt in the process of change. So for me, change has happened in many ways, um, but here are just a few of the big ones. So moving from Chicago to Wyoming in second grade, my parents, you know, made a huge change for us. Uh, moving from private school to public school for just one year in eighth grade, um, the year that my parents separated, moving back to Chicago in ninth grade, leaving home at 15 to attend a boarding school, uh, the transition time between high school and college, which is all, you know, very, a uh, very weird time. And then the transition from college to the workplace, which is another weird time. Um, being promoted from frontline work to management. So there was a big transition I made there at one point in when I worked in the mental health field. Uh, moving our family to California in 2016, another big change. Uh, moving from daily alcohol use to a life of sobriety, major change. Uh, losing my job at the church I was working at, big change. And most recently, all of the changes that all of us have faced Basically, you know, once once COVID made its way through and and what what the world looks like now um, compared to what it did in 2019. Now, when I look back at these things, I can evaluate why I felt so anxious or stressed or tense or nervous or or even angry during some of those changes, right? And I can pretty easily see which of the ten reasons I just walked through um, that I was focusing on during those times. I can definitely see that I felt a loss of control in some of them. I can see that I was experiencing excess uncertainty in many of them. Um, number four, everything seems different. Obviously, that's a huge thing that I've experienced when going through change. Uh, number six, concerns about competence. You know, that was a huge one going from high school to college and then college into the workplace. That was a big part of it, right? You, you're asking yourself, am I going to be able to hack it in college? Or, you know, once I graduate college, am I going to know enough to, to be a good worker at the job that I get? Things like that. But through all of it, the one that probably exists to the biggest degree is excess uncertainty, right? It's that feeling of uncertainty or the inability to define what's coming next. Because it's kind of like the monster under the bed, right? Or the ghost in the closet. You can't actually see those things 
So your mind creates it for you. Uh, you take the pieces that you can't define and your mind fills in the gaps. But the unfortunate thing is that our minds tend to fill in those gaps with worst case scenario type things, blowing things out of proportion uh, and, and kind of suggesting that the change isn't really worth the risk. So that's what we're going to do today, folks. Today's topic is transcending uncertainty. Chapter one, everyone poops. Chapter two, embrace the feeling. Chapter three, choose your own adventure. Chapter one, everyone poops. So Adam, uh, a friend of ours who still lives in the Midwest, used to throw this out every now and then. Uh, one of our kids would be complaining about something or making a big deal about having to do something that was a little uncomfortable. Um, and he would just say, everyone poops, right? In an effort to get them to do what they needed to do. And after a while, it just became part of the lexicon in our small group. You could always count on Adam to throw out this little line just at the right time. And it worked, right? Because the underlying message is solid. Everyone does poop. Nobody gets to escape that simple biological activity. It doesn't matter how mature you are, how smart you are, or how much money you make. You're going to poop at some point in time. This levels the playing field, right? And it normalizes the behavior. And so it is with uncertainty. It's this normal feeling that everyone will feel at some point in time in their life. Now, I know there are some really confident people out there, right? And on the surface, it might seem like they've never felt uncertain a day in their life. But I guarantee they have because everyone poops. So at some point this week, I was listening to the Deconstruction Zone podcast, which is a podcast I listen to religiously. And this week, I believe it was episode 37. Yes, 37. Um, Emily referenced something that basically led to me using the topic of uncertainty this week. So on the podcast, they were talking about the murky parts of life. And she brought up a Netflix documentary that she had watched called Stutz. So it's a documentary by Jonah Hill, and it's about the therapist that he sees, Dr. Phil Stutz. And the part that she referenced was what Dr. Stutz calls the three aspects of reality. And these three aspects are pain, uncertainty, and constant work. Now, the minute I heard this, I bought in, right? I wanted to hear more. So later on, I watched the entire documentary. And each of these three elements could literally be a separate podcast episode to unpack. But today, I just want to hone in on uncertainty. Now, apparently, Dr. Stutz believes in the everyone poops analogy as well, because he refers to these three things as just being part of reality. In other words, they exist for all of us and they have a level of impact on each of us. Now, we don't really need to define the word uncertainty as we probably all know what it means, but dictionary.com does provide two additional words in the definition that I think might be interesting to talk about. So the definition is this, the state of being uncertain, duh, doubt, and hesitancy. So the interesting thing I saw in the definition is that doubt seems to be a synonym, right? It's a word that means the same thing. If I'm uncertain, then I'm probably doubting what's coming next. But hesitancy to me is not a synonym. It's more of a result of being uncertain, right? It's because you're doubting a situation you're hesitant 
to engage in it. And this is important because this is kind of what we're going to walk through during this episode. We're going to talk about what it is to feel uncertain, to to experience uncertainty, but then it's what we do with that uncertainty that matters, right? Do we hesitate? Do we keep from doing something? Do we keep from changing? Or do we push through it and actually make the change? Chapter two, embrace the feeling. So we've identified that everyone poops, right? We all experience uncertainty from time to time. And my understanding is that this uncertainty is on a spectrum, just like almost everything else in life. And the sooner we move away from dichotomous thinking, the better, right? A dichotomy is when you place two things against each other and suggest that there is only one of two possibilities. So when you say things like love and war, yin and yang, male and female, good and evil. In each of these scenarios, we fail to see that there is a spectrum between the two, right? There is good, and then there is really good, and then there's not quite as good, and then there's evil, right? And then there's not quite that evil, but really, really, really evil. So there's obviously a spectrum. And so it is with uncertainty, right? The dichotomy would be confident and uncertain. But the spectrum would suggest that there are people at every point in between the two. And just because you're at one point one day doesn't mean you're going to be at the same point tomorrow. What we do know is that uncertainty comes with real tangible side effects, right? Uncertainty isn't just a mental game, right? It comes with very real feelings and emotions. Someone who is highly susceptible to the effects of uncertainty will most likely experience high levels of anxiety which can create fear and produces the inability to act, like most of the time hesitant, right? Somewhere in the middle of the spectrum might be the person who experiences stress and tension, which produces a level of concern or worry, but still allows them to act just very cautiously. And still others might recognize the uncertainty and determine to push it to the side and keep moving forward. Again, it's a spectrum, but I want to get back to what Dr. Stutz said and the fact that we all face the same realities. In the documentary, he discusses other truths that he has stumbled across, and he also discusses tools, things that we can use to deal with these realities in life. But there are a few things I noticed about each of the tools that he mentioned that I want to comment on. So, In the documentary, a lot of the tools required quiet, calm, and focus. In other words, Dr. Stutz would tell Jonah to close his eyes, focus, and really feel the thing he wanted him to see in his mind. Number two, all of the tools came back to mind over matter on some level, very much in the tradition of cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. In other words, in each situation, Jonah was feeling the feeling He was analyzing and thinking about the situation or the feeling, and then he would literally talk back to the situation or the feeling and even ask it questions. Ultimately, Jonah was being asked to think about his thinking and then to choose to think something different. Number three, one example was a tool called active love. So the doctor asked Jonah to close his eyes and visualize love, all the love in the universe. Think about that love and then pull it all into your body. 
Then think about a person that you hate or a person that you have issues with, someone who you would not have a connection with, and then focus all of that love that's inside of you toward that person. Allow it to connect the two of you and feel that connection, feel it very deeply. Not forgiving that person or changing the dynamic on their end, but simply being love and choosing that posture toward that person versus giving into the hate. Now, on the surface, this might sound a lot like other therapeutic techniques like meditation or guided meditation, guided imagery, guided therapeutic imagery. There's a lot of different names for these types of uh, therapeutic tools. And it's similar in that you're picturing things in your mind and you're allowing them to alter your sense of emotional well-being. But in the case of the active love tool, the process is very cognitive as well, right? Because you're guiding your own mind. You're telling it what to see and you're telling it how to think. For years and years and years, um, your mind has thought that person X is a bad person and deserves to be hated. But in this process, you are telling your mind to think differently, to choose love and to choose that person to receive that love. So what does this have to do with uncertainty, right? Well, my assumption is that Dr. Stutz would have you do the same thing, to stop, get quiet, close your eyes, and visualize the future. Feel all the feelings of uncertainty, then talk back to them. Tell them what you are afraid of, but then flip the script. Tell your uncertainty where it can go, and tell yourself that you're unafraid of the possible outcomes. On the one hand, there will most likely be some good things that come from this change, right? But at the same time, there will also be some difficulties that come from the change. And at the end of the day, the change that you make could be a complete flop and require you to change again or change even more. But at the end of the day, you've gone through changes all your life and you're still here, right? I know. That's all pretty woo-woo and very high level, but I just wanted to touch on the process to show that there are ways to combat uncertainty in our lives. We don't just have to live with it and allow it to dictate our next moves, to keep us hesitant, right? We have the power over uncertainty. Chapter three, choose your own adventure. So when we truly come to believe that we have the power over uncertainty, things start to open up for us, right? We experience an increased locus of control. We see that we can choose our own adventure. When we look back on life, um, we can usually see both sides of the coin. I know for me, that's the way it works, right? On the one hand, I remember the uncertainty. I remember that it wasn't fun. And at times it created all sorts of issues for me. I remember that feeling right before graduating from high school, kind of a dark sense of anxiety and a fear of the future. Sure, I knew my next step, right? I had already applied and been accepted into college, but I didn't know what it would be like. I didn't know if I could handle the work and the expectations. I didn't know if I was artistic enough to be good at architecture, which is what I had chosen as my field of study. I doubted myself and I was hesitant for the next step to begin. Similarly, I felt this way when I graduated from college, right? What was I going to do next? Would I find a job? Would I like it? Would I be good at it? In both of these seasons of my life, uncertainty was a very strong part of my experience. But on the other hand, I must have had a level of confidence as well, right? Because I kept going. I went to college. I got a job when I left college. 
I went back to get my MSW when I realized that it was the only way to move forward in my field. And I've done countless other things in my life, even though there was uncertainty in those situations. On some level, I was able to choose my own adventure. And on some level, if you look back at your life, you probably see the same pattern, right? Times where uncertainty got the best of you and you felt the anxiety and the stress and potentially the anger of the situation or the fear. But also, look where you're at now. You have been through change after change after change. When you look back, you'll see it, right? You've dealt with uncertainty on some level or you wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be where you're at. But let's go just a little bit deeper. What I want to do is I want to take an honest look at my life and ask this question. Has uncertainty kept me from doing something I felt called to do? Ouch, right? Because that's a whole different scenario. That's uncertainty on a whole different level. I mean, I can look back on my life and I can be proud of the fact that I slapped uncertainty in the face quite a few times. But am I being totally honest with myself? Or are there times in there when I let uncertainty slap me in the face? Were there things I thought about doing and never even ended up trying them? Were there changes that I knew I needed to make in my life, but never actually made them? Did I want to try something different in terms of a career, but I'm still doing the same thing? Did I have a desire to move across the country to see new things, but I find myself stuck in the same little town I grew up in? So many questions, but important ones, right? What does that look like in your life? If you get really transparent, if you get really honest with yourself, is there something that you really wanted to do or something that you really wanted to change? Or even now, is there something you really want to do or something you really need to change? But for some reason, uncertainty still has the upper hand in your life. So let's get tangible before we sign off today. My desire for you and my desire for myself is that we weather the storm of uncertainty, right? That we see uncertainty for what it is, one of the elements that can keep us stuck, one of the things that can make us hesitant, one of the things that can keep us from embracing change, maturing, moving to the next level, trying something new, basically evolving, if you will. And then when we truly see it for what it is, are we able to use the tools we have to combat it, right? To push through it and to try that new thing, to give it a go and see what happens. Yes, we'll fail. No, things won't always be perfect on the other side, but it's an adventure. It's the journey. And when you're laying in there at the end of your days, how do you want to look back on your life? Do you want to look back and see that you protected yourself at all costs? Never tried anything new? Just try to be safe and comfortable? Or do you want to look back and smile, knowing that you did all the things, you made hard changes, um, you gave it your all despite the uncertainty you faced along the way? Let's land the plane. This week, I want you to think about three things. First, remember that everyone poops. Second, embrace the feeling that you get when you're uncertain. Feel it. Embrace it. And then choose to push through it anyway. Choose to talk yourself out of it, right? Think about your thinking and think something different. And finally, choose your own adventure. 
Do something new. Do something scary. Change that thing that keeps dragging you down. Move across the country if you have to. Whatever it is, but just push through that uncertainty that you have. Well, friends, that's it for this episode. Um, I really had a good time doing this one. I don't know why. It just feels so practical right now with the way that the world is going, the uncertainty that the world is generating, not only in the season of COVID, but now in this new normal we're living in, things are just uncertain for a lot of us. Um, So I hope you're up for the challenge and together we'll do something new even this week, right? So have a great one, everyone. See you back here next Monday. And as always, keep transcending humor. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. If you're interested in the show notes for this episode, head on over to transcendhuman.com forward slash podcast and navigate to the episode you're looking for. On the website, you'll also find blog posts, podcast series, and other helpful resources to help you navigate the Transcend Human ecosystem. You'll also find links to our social media channels, And as always, if you have questions, feel free to contact us at info at transcendhuman.com. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you back here on Monday morning.